0: Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit C3SWWA.com. Wow, let's give another round of applause for Abby. That's pretty awesome. Like, following her is going to be a little bit difficult. um. I'm a little nervous. Um, I'd rather be singing. Can I just sing the message, Pastor? I think that would probably be better. Um, Just last minute, right? I was telling that to somebody out there. Um, Anyway, my name is Misty Falcon. Yes, that is my name. Um, Pastor wanted me to give a little bit of my background. Um, So I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. You've seen me around. I am the oldest of five. And I'm the oldest um, grandchild of 21st cousins on my mother's side. And the reason why I'm sharing that with you today is that my mother, and I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this because it's going to be in context as to why, how I tell my character today. Um, my mother is a Native American from the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa Indians, and my father's Puerto Rican. And, and culturally, we always tell stories, right? Tell stories as lessons, and maybe forcefully, because when you're the oldest of 20 cousins and five siblings, you just kind of have to entertain. Well, back then, right, because we didn't have like all the conveniences now. So I'm basically going to be parabling a parable because I'm going to be talking about a parable um, that Jesus gave in a series of three. So it's about the prodigal, well actually it's not the prodigal son, but it's the prodigal's father. So um, that's what I'm going to be doing today. And so I can't speak about the father without really speaking about the son. Um, So as many of you know about the prodigal son, just to recap, he was the, the youngest son, right, that decided he was just gonna take all his money, he's just gonna go and just live a life of a rock star. He didn't care, right? And he just, he just lived a lavish lifestyle until one day he found himself broke and super hungry, so he decided he was just gonna go and find any job he could find to make ends meet. Um, so he got a job feeding pigs, and culturally that, that too was a big deal because pigs are like an, an unclean animal and so one day scripture says he was sitting there looking upon the pigs eating and he was just longing to feed his stomach with the food that the pigs were eating and then he thought to himself you know what my father in my father's house even the the most lowest of servants has food to spare so what am i doing here right so he decides to make his journey back now i don't know how long that journey took right when the scriptures don't say that But I do know that he must have been thinking, because many of us probably have, if if it's a long journey, we're like, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? How am I going to present this? How am I going to ask God for forgiveness? You know what? Maybe I should just probably clean myself before I I go up to my father. I, I need to get clean before I ask him for forgiveness. You know, I'll take whatever he gives me. I'll take whatever punishment. Now, how many of us have walk that, right? How many of us have thought, you know what, God, I failed you. But before I go back to church, I'm just going to get myself right. Before I ask for forgiveness, I'm going to get myself right, right? And so the scriptures just say that as he was making his way, the father saw him from a distance. Now, what was the father doing there outside, probably looking and waiting for his son to return, right? And so he sees his son, from a distance now I don't know of uh, those of you who are parents I mean I can spot my kid's head in a sea of, of kids like I just know and so like I can just see the father saying that's my son and scripture says that the father runs towards the son like God runs towards us right when we return when we turn back away from our sins and fall and look for him the father runs towards the son puts his arms around him and kisses his stinky, pig-smelling face, you know? And I'm sure that the, the son is like, no, listen, Dad, you don't understand. Listen, I've, I've, I've sinned against you, and I've sinned against heaven. I'm not worthy to be called your son. He's trying to explain himself. And the father says, what does the father do? Does the father say, you know what? You're right. You did sin against me. Shame on you. You're right. I, you, you don't deserve to be back into my household. No, the scriptures say this, the following. Luke 15, through 24, it says, but... It doesn't say and, but it says but. So in other words, it's almost like an interruption. (laughs) But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. So this character trait that I felt described the prodigal, fun, the, prodigal's fa- the prodigal son's father, which describes God, is that God is a God of restoration. The definition of restoration is the action of returning something to a former owner, place, or condition. However, throughout scripture, we can see that God goes beyond the former condition, right? God's restoration is overflowing. He doesn't just want us to be who we were. He wants us to be filled with the purpose of who we were created to be. And that is what we see in God. So the prodigal father killed this fattened calf, right? And I just have to point out that feasts back then were festivals, but not all festivals were feasts. In other words, they kept the fattened calf specifically for specific occasions. So it wasn't just like you'd slaughter a calf for any reason, right? So this was a big deal, and they were making this a big deal. So um, upon this festival happening, or this feast happening rather, the oldest son comes along. He's like, What the, hey, what, are you serious right now? Like, I'm not even gonna enter into that party. So he takes off and his father hears this and what does his father do? His father goes looking for his son. Again, talking about how God comes and looks for us, right? Right. So he goes, looks for his son, and upon finding his son, his son's like, you know, dad, whatever. Like I've been, I'm, I'm just, I'm just telling you, I've been, a, I've been slaving away here. I've been committed to you. I've never disobeyed you. You won't even kill Billy the old goat for me and my friends. I mean, sure, he might not feed more than two people, but still, you know, I mean, he's just kind of like complaining. And his and his father says, and here's character trait number two, Luke fifteen thirty one. My son, the father says, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. So I feel that that character trait is abundance. God is a God of abundance. Now, this really pulled at my heartstrings because I don't know if you've ever been in that position, perhaps at work or maybe within your family. I mean, I know being the oldest um, of five and the oldest cousin, um, I've always been, The committed one, I've always been the one more responsible, you know, even at work and, um, you know, when or maybe even I was never good enough, you know, and so which I have, you know, I've, I've experienced. And so those things feel like betrayal. Right. And so when you look at what happens here, perhaps sometimes you feel like this, even in church. And I don't even mean this church because I've been to many churches. We've moved a lot in the last 20 years, my husband and I but perhaps you've been committed in church and working diligent in church and you're the yes person and all of a sudden somebody younger in their faith comes along and bam they get that position that you've been like I want to serve there I want to serve there because I know i felt that you know and you know I have the Holy Spirit going "Mm, sister girl mm -mm. we ain't gonna do that today but but what are you talking about Holy Spirit this is so unfair like are you serious right now like I've been no 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 why are you looking at that Their walk is not yours. Turn your your eyes upon Jesus. Because don't you know that you are also the daughter of a king? Don't you know that your lifetime membership has been paid for this kingdom country club? I mean, you can tap into God's goodness. You can tap into God's purpose. You can tap into God's faithfulness. You can tap into God's abundance. You don't need him to just give it to you, ask for it. And sure, you know, sometimes in the country club, there's a waiting line, okay? But God knows your heart's desire. He knows the purpose, and he's promised to fulfill that in you. So I wanted to point out that that is God's abundance. And you know, Pastor Steve mentioned a couple Sundays ago that God doesn't want us to just survive. He wants us to thrive. And in order to do that, we have to tap into God's abundance, right? So character traits... To recap, God's a God of restoration, and God's a God of abundance. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the word that you've placed in our hearts, Lord. God, I just pray that if we are walking as the prodigal, or if we are walking as the oldest son, or Lord, if we just know people who are, we pray, God Almighty, that this word will be a blessing into our lives. And God, that you may just help us walk. In your purpose and your abundance, Lord, thank you for the restoration that you've promised us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at C3SWWA.com.